Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. With me today is Dr. Jim Barnes, Chief of Staff at Christus Highland Medical Center, and today we're talking about bariatric surgery. If you have a question regarding this topic, you can call the number you'll see periodically throughout the bottom of your screen, and make sure that you turn down your TV, you're in a nice quiet room, so we can hear your questions and you can hear Dr. Barnes answer. We're happy to take your calls. Thank you so much for calling again. You'll be able to talk directly to Dr. Barnes. Dr. Barnes, good to see you. Good to see you too, thanks. Let's talk about bariatric surgery, and that means weight loss surgery, it right? Does, and yes. so what does that entail? Exactly? Yeah, so, uh, so what we found is that people with morbid obesity, which is roughly 100 pounds or more over your ideal body weight, uh, that really diet and exercise just don't work. You know, in, in order to get a significant weight loss, and a, and a permanent or long-term weight loss, it, it just doesn't really do it and, and, and um, uh, with diet and exercise alone. And what we know now is with surgery, that's what does make a difference. And that's what we know now is really the proper treatment for morbid obesity. And so with weight loss surgery, and we can talk about the two operations that we do for that, um, we see a significant weight loss. Most people lose 60 to 75% of their excess weight. Uh, most people keep that weight off long term. It's a permanent weight loss for the majority of people. And, uh, uh, you know, not only losing the weight, but, you know, like we talked about a minute, just getting healthier and, and getting rid of a lot of the medical problems that go along with their obesity. And what are there certain things that you go by too, right? That you actually determine. You don't just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, you're not. You're weigh this much." It's not just the weight. How much? What are the kind of things that you really look yeah, at? Yeah, so to we determine? look at the weight. And we, what we actually use is the body mass index, right. which is a ratio using your height and weight together, and it just allows us to kind of compare everybody across the board with a single number. So we look at the BMI, and part of it too is is. Um, based on what other health issues you have related to your weight. And so people that have other problems like diabetes and sleep apnea and high blood pressure and things like that will actually lower that threshold even a little bit more uh, to be a candidate for surgery because we know how much people, how, uh, how, how this treats those other medical issues. And so we'll even drop that threshold a little bit more for those folks. Okay, and how is the BMI determined for someone who doesn't know? Yeah, so it's uh, it's a simple formula. You just plug in your height and weight, and you can do that online. Just, just you know, search BMI calculator, and it'll just have you put your height and your weight in, it'll give you a number. And so if you have a BMI of 35 or greater, most of the time you're gonna be a candidate for surgery, especially if you have any, you know, any sorts of medical issues related to your weight. Okay. And speaking of BMI, is there a standard range of a healthy BMI or does it depend on the person? Yeah, I mean a healthy BMI is going to be under 25. Okay. Um, and, uh, uh, and that's where most of our folks end up getting to after the surgery. Uh, and so uh, uh, that's, you know, that's our goal is to get people down in that, that healthy weight range, get okay. them out of the obesity range. Right. Um, and so for someone watching or listening right now, and they're, they probably fall just under being able to have this or were it suggested to have this. What do you say to someone? Well, uh, and I, I don't, I, I mainly just do surgical weight loss, so I don't really do non-surgical weight loss. Mm -hmm. But, you know, some of the things we talked about, <coughs> talk about with these folks, and this applies to both sides of that, you know, some areas where you can watch. And the thing, there's sort of three areas that I always tell people to pay attention to, because it's all about calories, and it's about taking in too many calories. And so most of the time, those excess calories come from one of three things. It's either liquid calories, drinking sugary drinks, you know, regular sodas, sweet tea, fruit juices, that kind of stuff. It's fast food, 
you know, you'd be shocked how many calories are in a fast food meal. It's just like outrageously high. And sugar, uh, too. And sugar, too, with a drink especially. Yeah. There. Um, and then uh, snacking is the other place that trips people up because a lot of people, their snacks are just so high calorie. So it's not usually the meals per se, it's this other stuff going on. Uh, that is a big problem for a lot of people. Okay, and that's what we want to clarify too if anyone wanting to call in. So just like people come to you and they've tried absolutely everything, they come to you and that's what you are. You, that's the bariatric, that's when yeah, you have the when surgery. Yeah, when they get to the point if they're a candidate for surgery and, and if there's any question, you know, you, you know, you can just call the office and that's sure. kind of how the process starts. We do a, uh, a seminar every, every week uh, on Tuesday morning for new patients um, and if people are interested, they can just call the office and um, and then we will check before they we even get you in. We're going to check and make sure you're going to be a candidate for surgery. We will check with your insurance to make sure that you have coverage for surgery. Most of the time, insurance does cover not all of them, but most insurances do cover weight loss surgery, which is great. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but uh, but we take all the insurances that will cover it, uh, and we also take Medicare. Uh, as a primary for that as well. And so we'll confirm that, that patients have coverage and then we'll bring in, we do a seminar every Tuesday morning, it's a free seminar, and we'll you know, get together with a small group, talk a little bit about you know, all the stuff we're talking about here and look at these different operations and how they work. And then those folks that are ready to move forward, which most people do after coming to that, then we'll, then we'll sit down and I'll meet with you individually. We'll kind of uh, establish a plan moving forward specifically with each patient, you know, see what their goals are, um, and, uh, and then start the process. Okay. And is the seminar um, required, or is it just another thing that you offer? It, it is required. That's okay. kind of step one, because right. that's where we get all the information out. Because, right. you know, there's so much information out there about weight loss surgery you can get online, and there's a lot of great information out there, but there's also some that's, you know, a little sketchy, too. And so, you know, we focus on, you know, okay, what are the facts? What are the, the, the truths about weight loss surgery? And, and, um, and, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I've been doing this for 25 years. I've done almost 4,000 weight loss operations. And so I've got a big, you know, a big amount of personal knowledge just from doing this for so long. And so I can explain how these operations work, you know, what we expect to see with each one. Um, uh, we'll also go up over you know risk and complications that can occur with surgery because you know it's not risk free. There are potential complications that can occur. We'll talk about that. Um, uh, we talk about you know what we could do moving forward, how we start working towards that goal of having surgery. So uh, a lot of information we get out there. So that is a requirement for each new patient. You know, and even though it's required, what a, an amazing offer. To someone to be able to create that safe space with someone who has yeah. you know and your team who you have seen you have seen four thousand befores and afters and not only looks yeah. and fat and anything reduction but life changes so that's the safe place to come in with all of your questions it is yeah and I've, I've you know and I, I've heard them all uh, <laughs> and and people come in with great questions all the time and and um, it's a good chance we keep the groups very small there's usually about six or eight people in there we don't you know I don't like to do the big you know hundred person seminar uh, because I think that can be a little intimidating. I like to keep it small where we can you know just talk back and forth um, and and then again we I meet with everybody individually afterwards usually right after that you know the seminar that morning and then it's just one-on-one -on -one. and so I always tell people you know if you've got anything you want to talk about in private we can certainly you know we certainly have time to do that as well. 
That's another good thing to point out too. That is the place to come ask the questions. But if you still saw something, not everyone's comfortable asking, even if it's a small group. Yeah. If you still have something that you want to know to ask you, you just tell you I need to ask you privately yeah. and you make room. Because I, I know you and I know we've talked about this so many times, even though you've seen you 4,000 times, it's still very individual. No matter how times you do it, everyone is still their individual case. Well, and it may be 4,000 to me, but to a new patient right. coming in, it's one. Right. You know, it's the first time they've done this. Exactly. And so this is all brand new. And, and, and you know, we realize that. And so we, we, we you know, cater towards, you know, that because it's, you know, even though we've done this a lot, you know, it, it's a new experience for each new patient coming in. And so we recognize that. And and how interesting for you too. Are you still finding, even though you've done so many, and I know you approach everyone as brand new individual with all the experience of doing, are you still finding like new and different things with patients as you meet them and see things changing in their lives? Oh yeah, it's all, and, and that's one of the best parts of, of uh, and what actually kind of drew me into this in the first place is just seeing, uh, you know, when you do general surgery, and it, I do some of that as well, you know, gallbladders and hernias and things like that, uh, and it's great, I like doing that, but you know, you sort of see the patient once, do their surgery, see them back once, and then they're gone. And you know, with bariatric surgery, it sort of combines surgery almost with like a, like a family practice kind of a atmosphere, you know, because you know, we see these patients multiple times before their operation. Um, and then we see them, you know, frequently after for a long time. And so, uh, you know, you get to know, you know, the issues that they're going through and then you get to see those get better when they have their surgery and start losing weight and start getting off of their medications. And, you know, I never get tired of people coming in and telling me stories of, of all mm -hmm. the things that they can do now that they couldn't do a year ago. Uh, and, you know, that just, that never gets old. I'm sure. And we've talked about people discovering new things that they never even considered doing before. It's not yeah. like they get to do it now and they, they used to do it, but now they're too heavy. I mean, these are things like they never knew they wanted to golf. They never knew yeah. they wanted to swim and, and yeah. they're learning a whole new lifestyle. And, and, you know, the weight loss for most people is sort of gradual. And so it's almost like people don't realize because it's just a little bit at a time. And so, you know, they don't even realize, uh, you know, how much of things they're not able to do anymore. And then when all of a sudden that starts coming back, it's like, you know, wow, I can, you know, I can do all these things that I wasn't able to do in the past. Yeah, and once again, they come to you and they've just tried everything else and they think maybe I'll just, it's okay, I'll just settle for that, I'll never be able to do that again. Yeah. And then they come to you and there's hope to yeah. do that again. Yeah. So let's talk about the different types. There's different types of bariatric surgery, right? Yeah, there is. And there, you know, this has kind of evolved over the years. There's been a lot of operations that have come and gone. Um, um, we do two operations now for weight loss surgery. The first one is the gastric bypass. Um, and that's still kind of the gold standard for weight loss surgery. It's been around about 50 years. Uh, we have a long track record with this operation. We know people generally do very well with this surgery. Uh, and, and that's still the most common operation that I do for weight loss. And that's an operation where we downsize the stomach, make a very small stomach pouch, and then we bypass a portion of the intestine. And so the small stomach makes it where folks can't eat as much food at one time. And then with the intestinal bypass, partial bypass, you don't absorb as many calories out of the food that you do eat. So very successful. Uh, we see great long-term results with that. And then the sleeve gastrectomy is a newer operation. It's been around about 10 or 12 years, so we don't have all the long-term data that we have with the gastric bypass. Uh, but uh, it also is a great operation. We see uh, it's a slightly smaller operation than a bypass, which is a, an advantage of that. Um, um, 
and we take out about two-thirds of the stomach. With that, we actually remove that part of the stomach. We leave a little narrow tube of stomach. It's about the size and shape of a small banana, and so that limits how much food people can take in at one time. So it's a restrictive operation in that regard. And then the other thing that they both do is they decrease your appetite. Most people, their hunger level goes down pretty significantly after surgery, uh, and uh, uh, you know people just they fill up faster, but they don't have the cravings as bad. Uh, they're not hungry all the time, not thinking about food all the time. And that is just something that someone who has gradually l lived with this and the weight has come on, the weight has come on, sometimes they'll just believe that that's just the way of life now. That's just how it is. It's just, and, and it must be miraculous to see that change in someone. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Yeah. So what determines um, which surgery someone has? Which of the... Yeah, so... Um, uh, <coughs> Most of the time, the ultimate decision is left to the patient. Uh, now, there are occasions where I don't feel like one operation or the other is a good option, and I won't offer that. So, you know, I, I kind of have the final say on that. But, but if a patient's a candidate for both, we just sort of explain how they work, show the results uh, that we expect to see, pros and cons of, of both operations, and we go through all this in the seminar. Um, and, uh, you know, more often than not, you know, patients are kind of, you know, want a little bit of guidance, you know, in terms of what I would recommend just because I have, you know, the experience with that. Uh, and I'll usually recommend, you know, one or the other depending on, on each individual patient. But, uh, but the ultimate decision is, is up to the patient most of the time. And speaking of how long you've been doing this, you've seen it grow and progress to how you do it now. And it's yeah. done robotic yeah. surgery now, yeah. right? And Let's talk cool. about There's that. There's been some big changes with that. You know, when I first learned how to do these, we did them all open. Everybody yeah. got a big cut up and down on their belly, and we did them, you know, with you know, big open surgery. They spent, you know, a week in the hospital, and you know, you know it was a, a huge operation back then. And then in the sort of late 90s, we started doing these laparoscopically, where we did the you know, small incisions, and that was a big advance. Um, people were, you know, uh, you know, less pain, recovering faster, that's compared to the open incision. And I did them uh, laparoscopically for years and years. Um, and then um, here more recently, we have kind of got into the next phase of surgery, which is robotic surgery, and that's uh, a, a really exciting new technology that allows us to still do the surgery laparoscopically through the little incisions, but instead of me standing up at the table moving all the instruments around, the robot is now standing at the table. And so the instruments are attached to the robotic arms, and those arms are, are you know moving around, but I'm controlling the robotic arm. So I'm sitting over in the corner of the room, sitting at a console, using hand and foot controls, I'm controlling the, the movement of the robotic arm. So it's still me doing the surgery, but it's through the through the robot, and so it gives us some advantages during the surgery in terms of more precision. We're able to do a lot more uh, that we couldn't do straight laparoscopically. And then what we found also with this is is, is a lot of patient benefits, where uh, they're having less pain afterwards. Uh, we've cut the hospital stay in half. It's gone from two days to one day now. Um, recovery is even faster than it was straight laparoscopically, and so uh, most people are back to work in about a week and a half or so. Um, and so we see some really, uh, really nice advantages uh, uh, in terms of recovery afterwards as well. That's just amazing how fast and how quickly you, you feel that it's happened. Like, how, how 
do you ease into like what's your typical first meal like or what does it feel like as far as eating and and yeah. hunger like right away and what it's do you different feel? at first and we start with liquids afterward okay. because you know afterwards there's going to be some swelling and people you know just aren't ready for solid food and so uh so we do clear liquids for a little while and then we do full liquids for a little while uh, which always, you know, sounds when I tell people that at first, they're like, "Oh, you know, I can't do that. That's, you know, that's hard to do." And um, but after the surgery, you know, they're they're not hungry. Their appetite goes way down from the surgery, uh, and so it's really not all that bad. And so, so we do six weeks of pretty much liquid stuff, and then start soft solid food back, and then just gradually over the course of nine months, we start adding foods back into their diet. So it's a very restricted diet at first. Uh, but but pretty quickly it starts to open up and then eventually most people get where they eat normal stuff you know they eat regular foods just less of it and I always tell people you're gonna fill up on a dessert plate amount of food instead of a dinner plate amount of food and be satisfied you're just gonna be satisfied exactly. you're not gonna yeah. feel deprived right. which I think is the big the big right. thing because before surgery if you tell somebody to eat you know a plate of food like this mm -hmm. you know uh, they're gonna be still hungry afterwards yeah. but but after the surgery that's kind of that's kind of what the, what it takes and that's gonna, they're going to be full after that they're not going to want to eat anymore after and that. and that's the key right there to tell someone you're not going to want to yeah. because you can tell someone all day i know i'm not supposed to eat any more than this the average person really doesn't need any more than this yeah. but there's that feeling of whether you're full or not you feel deprived if you're told you can't have any more than yes. that and sometimes that's where the overeating yeah. comes it's just because your brain says that's not fair yeah you know exactly. but then it really conditions and you so it's completely. kind of two things it's the physical you know you know the stomach's a lot smaller so yeah. physically it doesn't hold as much so you can't eat as much but it's also the hormonal changes that people go through after surgery and and the, the the hormones that stimulate hunger and and seeing those come way down and um and, and people just aren't they don't have that drive of being hungry all the time it's just it's just gone and that happens immediately after surgery it's like flipping a switch it's you know but you know when they wake up from surgery that hungry yeah because yeah I put them on clear liquids the day before surgery so when I see them the morning of surgery they're all like oh I'm, you know, I'm hungry and I didn't <laughs> eat yesterday uh, how am I going to be able to do this and then I see them you know the next morning after their surgery and it's like they're not even thinking about food <laughs> not uh, even thinking about food it just totally takes away that that drive that hunger that craving it's just gone after surgery and that right there is a really big difference in life because yeah, you I mean, tend it's a to big just, part of how it works right yeah. and you obsess about food even if you're trying not to eat it or you're doing well on a diet you're just food is on your mind all the time and this your body's just taking care of it if you just stop and listen to your body after the surgery you just it doesn't want it yeah it's, there's other things to do yeah and it's really pretty miraculous so uh -huh. that's another reason why I'm glad you're here just to, to bust the myths to really explain it and to talk about what's going on inside the body and how the body um, really uses the food that you eat right there because people might say well I heard all this I, I'll just eat less I'll just eat less but it really does the surgery does more than just shrink the stomach and help you eat less right well yeah and you know uh, without surgery I mean everybody can lose weight I mean you can go on a diet you can cut your calories you can do a you know whatever there's a million diets out there and you know everybody can lose some weight and everybody has lost some weight that's overweight I mean you know by the time they get to me you know they've done a hundred different diets and so uh, you know you can lose 20 pounds but you know you're probably not going to lose a hundred pounds without surgery and and that 20 pounds that you lost 
you know, a few months down the road, you know, you've gained it back plus another five. Right. And, and so it, it's the, it's the, you know, significant weight loss, you know, 100 pounds versus 20 or whatever the numbers are, but it's also maintaining that weight loss. And, and that's what most people, and it's not everybody, it's not 100%, but most people can maintain that weight loss after surgery. Um, uh, that you, it's just almost impossible to do without. You know, the success rate without surgery, just diet and exercise for morbid obesity, is about 2%. About 2% wow. of people are gonna lose a significant amount of weight and keep it off if, without surgery. That means 98% of people are gonna fail diet and exercise alone. Right. Okay, yeah. It's, I mean, it does. It does so much for you. And like we talked about, and we'll talk about it again. We have a caller right now, but we're going to talk about all the things that can clear up in the body, which you've already kind of touched on. But this surgery does more than just shrink the stomach and teach you to eat less. Yeah. So, Teresa, thank you for calling. What's your question for Dr. Barnes? My question is, okay, Dr. Barnes, I got a big um, midsection, you know, and my back is hurting and my shoulder turns like my body's out of line. You know, and it's, it's I, I'm just, I feel like I have to have this surgery, but it's a little scary, but you know, it's a, it's very big, my uh, waist. You know, it's hurting my back, it's hurting my shoulder. I don't have any energy, you know, and I do eat quite a bit. And, and those are all those are all problems that we see with obesity. You know, it's just it, it just takes a toll on your body over time, and and you know all the joints start to hurt, and the knees, and the hips, and the back, and um, and, and the energy level that you mentioned uh, is a big part of it too. You know, I, I'll tell people, you know, you know a lot, you know, I, I kind of say a hundred pounds because that's a, a common weight loss that we'll see a lot of times. You know, if you think about if you put two 50-pound bags of dog food on your back and carried that around 24/7, and think how, you know, just how tired you would feel, and how you know your knees start to hurt, and all that, and then you know when we take that off, that's what you know we see that get better. And so, uh, and you know, obviously we'd have to see what your weight is and your BMI and all of that, but uh, but uh, you know, so if if you would be a candidate for surgery, uh, you know, it would probably help all that stuff get better pretty dramatically. That's why I'm calling, you know, my, my midsection, man, that's that. I'm, I'm a little person in the body, you know, on the outside, but the midsection is very obese. Yeah. And it is goddamn hurting my shoulders, my back, and everything. That's about, you know, 50, maybe 75 pounds, but I'm a little yeah. person down at the bottom, and it's draining my blood. I have no energy. I hurt. And I, I have Medicare, but I I think I need the surgery. But okay. Well, if you want to look into it, the, the first step is to call the office and then they'll do some kind of initial checking over the phone to make sure that, you know, that you're going to be a candidate for it. Um, I'll throw out that office number. It's 798-4433. And you can just call that number and then Taylor or Tori will answer the phone and they will kind of look into it and, and get it started for you. Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting uh, my journal. Okay. I'm up. 
Okay. Oh, Teresa, thank you for calling. I hope you feel better soon, and so call your office, and hopefully things will work out. And yeah. if can people call you directly? Do they need to start with their own doctor? Do they, they need to they be really referred? They really don't. Or? I mean, a okay. lot of people do just because they have a relationship with their primary care. But uh, and occasionally the insurance will require uh, like a letter from their primary care doctor, but most don't honestly. And so really, uh, they don't have to. You know, you don't have to do that. You can just call the office and, and what we can kind of take it from there. Okay. So, so yeah. if someone really doesn't know their BMI, they really don't know, they just feel like they're at the weight where they think yeah. that they can have yeah. this happen. They I mean, come as long as you know your height and weight, we can kind of yeah. check and make sure that all that, you know, all the numbers work out and and then we can get it started. But yeah, yeah you know, because it's kind of caught, all this insurance stuff is complicated. Yes. It, it, and especially for bariatric surgery, it's just, there, it, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. Um, and that can be very intimidating, and that's why we just sort of take over all that. You know, we do all that stuff, and so, you know, we'll tell you what we have to do. We'll help you get it all set up, um, but, you know, we try to make it very easy on the patient because it, it is very complicated when you're not familiar with this. Again, we do this all day, every day, and so, you know, we know all the tricks of the trade to get this kind of worked through the system and, and, and get the authorization from the insurance, and, and so we, we take care of all of that for them. And is th are there preliminary questions done over the phone? You kind of determine on the phone before someone comes in? Yeah, yeah we'll check, uh, again, starting with height and weight to make sure that they are heavy enough to qualify for mm -hmm. surgery. And then uh, they'll get their insurance information and then we will call their insurance company and make sure they have bariatric coverage. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to waste anybody's time if, right. it, you, know, if, it, you know, if they don't have coverage and are not able to do the surgery, then you know we're not going to waste your time bringing you in for a seminar and doing all this stuff and then tell you you can't have the surgery because your insurance doesn't cover it. Right. So, so we try to do some of that on the front end just uh, so you know when you come in we know we're ready to kind of move forward. And then we do, some people pick cash too and that's an option. Uh, it's a little expensive but there's a, it's an option if you don't have the insurance coverage. Right. So it really is a good idea, especially since you do all of the work up front and help them with the insurance. Don't let that be the deterring factor right up front right at least go see because it's not a done deal until you decide yes to have the surgery they yeah. can come for all the information at least yeah because you never know things might yeah work and out. some people are very undecided when they first come in and sure. and uh, you know most people have done some research it's easy to get online and 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 you know learn a, a, about bariatric surgery and you know most of the information is pretty good out there and you can get a, a, a you know a good feel for uh, you know what the surgery entails but a lot of people are still very undecided when they come in about what operation or even if they want to do surgery or not and you know you certainly don't have to be decided that you're going to do surgery when you first come in if you're just curious about it want to know a little bit more about it decide if that's going to be right for you uh, that's a great option with the seminar too just to sort of get again get the facts about it because right. there's there's a lot of good information there's there's a lot of bad information out there and 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 a lot of it's hearsay too you know i know somebody who knew somebody who had something done and they had a problem and you know we'll hear that sometimes and and you know again so we try to you know okay this is you know this is what it does this is the results we see these are the potential complications that can occur you know it's pretty black and white and we go through all the you know the facts and that allows people to make an informed decision about what they want to do and what better way if you are someone who really likes to go and do your research go ahead get the research but then bring it oh, into yeah, you absolutely and then just say don't I, be afraid to say look i saw this on the internet tell me if it's true yeah exactly yeah. and i get that all the time <laughs> i read this and i heard this and my cousin told me this and you know I, we hear that all the time and that's yeah. you know that's great that's what it's that's what we're there for is to you know separate the 
truth from the fiction. Mm -hmm. And to apply it to the individual, because uh, like I could bring something into you and say, this is what I read, I've seen this, there's all this backup too, and you could tell me, yeah, that's true, but in your case, so you can, yeah. if you have all my information, you're my doctor I'm talking to, and I'm like, Dr. Barnes, I, I saw this, yeah. and it really, I really, I know someone for a fact. And yeah, then you because can say, that's part of what we do when we meet individually with them. We, you know, I go through all their medical history. You right. know, what medications are you taking? What medical problems do you have? What surgeries have you had in the past? Because all that factors in in, in determining not only which operation, but even if you know they're a candidate at all. And so we look at all that stuff, and then you know, again, I can just help them make an informed decision about you know what's a, the best option moving forward. Right. And let's run through that list again of things that people may not realize that their weight are attributing to conditions they might have and that might be cleared up with this surgery. Like you mentioned diabetes, yeah, sleep apnea. Yeah, you know, sort of the big five we talk about. Uh, diabetes, uh, that's a huge one because yeah. that, uh, we have a very high cure rate of that with surgery. Wow. Um, high blood pressure, sleep apnea, uh, reflux disease, which is very common. Oh. A lot of people that are overweight have hiatal hernias. Most do have bad reflux trouble. And then osteoarthritis, that's pain in the weight-bearing joints, in the knees, the back, the hips, you know, that sort of thing. So those are, you know, uh, you know, kind of the big five, but there's, you know, I, I could name a hundred other things that, that people have associated with, you know, with obesity, you know, and, you know, heart disease and cholesterol and, and uh, um, you know, there, you know there's just, I could go on and on about that. There's so many medical issues from I'm being sure. overweight. Yeah, just overall. Like we always hear that, you know, getting some exercise will cure so many things and smoking attributes to so many things that we don't realize. I'm sure that obesity will just, like you said, there's just... It's just bad number. for you. Just, Obesity just, is bad for you. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna exaggerate anything that's going on in your body, yeah, good or bad. Sure. So that's really such a great thing. So yeah. before we let you go, just can you walk through quickly um, what it's what it's like? We go in, we have the surgery, and then we have it, and then we go in. So it's the night before. When do we yeah, go home? Yeah, you come in the morning of. It's a, just a one night stay in the hospital. Okay. Go home the next day. Uh, we see you back uh, pretty frequently at first. We see people at two weeks, six weeks, three months and then every three months through that first year. Uh, so we have a pretty frequent follow-up. We like to really stay on top of things and, and, uh, and then patients can always call in between, of course, with any of that if there's an issue or a question or a problem or anything and, and uh, uh, you know, we'll get them back in, you know, anytime as needed. So uh, the follow-up's a big part of this. You know, if you just do the surgery and then, and then kick people to the curb, they don't do nearly as well. And so the, the aftercare is a big part of what we do too. Yeah, and even though it has been, it, it's much better, it is surgery and remember that. So yeah. thank you so much, Dr. Barnes, for changing so many lives and coming here and sharing it with us. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks everyone for watching. We'll see you next time on Healthline 3.